You know what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach And here's Daniel, Allen, and Joe. Hey, you know, Joe, early on, he said that what we do is infotainment, infotainment. So I just, I want to go back to the basics. Infotainment is, is the goal, but we do it because soul training matters mainly and definitely and ultimately because all souls matter. So I just kind of wanted to bring out those taglines again. Now, I got that out of the way. You know that we're having fun using information. So I'd like to lead in with a serious question that you think it's going to be, but it's really not because we're going to get into a serious topic. But I'm Candy? Ask, Are you talking candy? No, not candy. See, it's not time for Halloween yet. Pins? Buses? Man, pins and buses and candy. Umbrellas? <laughs> Umbrellas. No, I don't I think we got you pegged. Yeah, I'm easy. You know, the FBI profiler could take me down pretty easy. You got three pins sticking out of your shirt right now. Hey, don't. (laughs) I'm don't brag now. Just if you if you need one, I might. I got. He's not going to give you one. We've covered that before. I'll let you have one. I've got some backups in my Bible purse here. I'll let you borrow. Um, I was going to talk about. uh, I ask both of you what What's your favorite thing about having children? Favorite thing about having children, um, that's tough. There's so many wonderful things a, a, about them. You know, just that, maybe that, that responsibility that, that you have, an opportunity to to mold a, a precious young mind, a young soul, uh, knowing that you're responsible for, for teaching them about the things that are really important. Um, it's it sort of, you know what it is for me? I'll tell you. Um, when my first child was born, I felt a entirely different type of love. I never knew that I didn't. I I was missing this type of love. It's it's not stronger than the love I have for my my spouse. It's a different love altogether. It's like it just unlocked a new different a different parental love, and I felt at that moment I understood God the Father for the first time in my life. Once I actually was a father and had a paternal love. That's very good. That's now, very, I, now I have to go. Yeah, go, Joe. What do you? What, answer the question. That's good, Daniel. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I agree with Daniel. <laughs> no, I I think Daniel's right. It is a kind of a new um, uh, a new feeling that you're not used to. Uh, you've never had before, and so I, I I agree with you. It definitely changes you immediately. There's an instant change when you're when you become a, a parent. Um, I'm also. I like the uh, okay. Well, I like being the hero because right now my boys think I'm really cool. That's and fine. then I'm great at things. Yeah, and savor so that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that train as long as it'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it I, will I, stop. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true. You know, uh, Asa still thinks uh, you're his hero. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and you're right. I'm just giving him a hard time. So that's uh, cool. But yeah, I think the whole. Opens up a new level you didn't know was there of yourself. I like that. Well, what about you, Alan? Both of your answers are way better than mine. I was just going to simply say, in light of our topic, because one of the things I love about having kids is both what you all said, but also you get to 
have somebody else to blame, you know, for mistakes. <laughs> you know, when you get confronted about why somebody did not put the tie back on the bread, well, I don't know. I think they did it. Yeah. It wouldn't me. Or how come the lid's not on the peanut butter? I don't know. I think they had something to do with it. Yeah. They were run the cameras back. They were here earlier in the kitchen. Uh, so, you know, you kind of get to blame them for a little, you know, I had to have some other, some help, you know, to help cover all of my shortcomings. Uh, so what you all said, and then, you, you know, you get to kind of blame some people too. You can't, you can't take it all you know, on your shoulders, but anyhow, anyhow that's <laughs> in light of our conversation today. Uh, actually we're going to talk about a couple of things, sin, the original sin, um, can sin be passed on to your children? And I'll also say, before we get real serious, you know, Barney Fife always said that's just one thing you cannot say enough about, sin. So we're going to max out our time talking about that. Yeah, well, and specifically, we're going to talk about um, Genesis 3, the fall is what mm-hmm. they call it, and how there are, it's a kind of a widespread belief out there that because Adam and Eve sinned, specifically Adam, they go to for some reason, mm-hmm. even though she was kind of the first. All of humanity, therefore, has sin and guilt in their life because of so many generations ago that that happened. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the central tenets of Calvinism, and Calvinism is uh, deep in many, many uh, denominations today, uh, even if even if our listener may or may not be very familiar with the term Calvinism, <clears throat> they most likely are um, familiar with some of the beliefs and may hold uh, some of the beliefs themselves that are a part of that. And that idea of original sin is, is very much a, a part of it. Um, and, and you can see how it is true that through one man, sin entered the world, and everything changed after that. Big change. Through Big that one change. sin. Yes, that's right. Um, and furthermore, it is true that, like Adam, everybody else has sinned. You know, he that says he's without sin um, is a liar, and the truth's not in him. So you say you're, uh, you say you're without sin, then you're a liar. So you know. Lying is your sin. That's <laughs> and I, and I, I kind of joked on the front end, you know, about blaming. But mm-hmm. also in Genesis 3, we see, you know, the blame game start to originate as well about yeah. blaming and not taking responsibility or, assume, or embracing accountability or not owning your mistake. Yeah. Well, right. so, that's a different episode. But, yeah, yeah you're right. And, and <laughs> so it's all kind of lots happening in Genesis 3. I mean, and that's an understatement by me. So. Yeah, and as I reflect on your answer before about what you like about having children, and I said that joking, I, of course, of course, with that caveat there, but it is appropriate for the conversation because you're you were talking about how kind of your kids are not innocent, which that's kind of the whole idea of original sin. His kids are not innocent; they're born with uh, sin, and that's. I guess one area where we would really take issue with the whole idea of original sin is that idea that they are born literally with the guilt of Adam's sin, and that's where that uh, they they are no longer they were not born pure. They have sin in their lives, and they need Christ 
the minute they enter this world. Instantly. And that's why some groups practice infant baptism. So that's tied directly with the idea of original sin. Because you're thinking, okay, if baptism washes away sins and this baby has sin, I need to get it baptized before something happens to it. Um, and so that's those things are, are closely tied together. Yeah, which would be a noble thing had if this were the case for the, those babies did have sin. Mm-hmm. It would be a noble thing to baptize. I mean, that's kind of a different... See the baptism episode, I guess. We can't go through all that during uh, during this show. Um, but we've got a couple of problems. How can we know... So this is a widespread... It's Calvinism is a widespread doctrine out there, and original sin is something that's believed... Millions of people believe. Right. Well... If millions of people believe it, how who are we to say that they're wrong? How can we how can we know that that's not necessarily the case? Well, first of all, um, you can't use millions of people as the guide for what's right and what's wrong because you can take very different opinions on a wide variety of things, and millions of people will hold those different opinions. So, you know, the whole idea millions of people can't be wrong. Well. They they have to be because they will believe very different things. You know, we're going into an election year. There's going to be a whole. There's going to be millions of people that have very different opinions about who they need to vote for, who needs to to lead the country. Um, <clears throat> so we always want to use uh, the Bible as our standard, and so looking at why I don't believe original sin is consistent with the teachings of the Bible, one place we can go to that is is sometimes misunderstood to teach the opposite of, of what I believe is true is in Matthew chapter 18, as Jesus is calling the, the little children to him. So in uh, Matthew 18, <clears throat> starting verse 1, it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would have been better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. And so people talk about how, well, Jesus has called the little children to him, and he, he wants he wants little children to come to him. And so that's um, that's why you ought to you know, baptize infants, because they, they need to come uh, to him. But what he says here is that when we're converted, we become like little children. And unless we become like little children— then we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So the people in the kingdom of heaven are the ones that have become like children, not children who have become like adults. Uh, and the reason for that is little children are are innocent. You know, when we're converted, when we have our sins washed away, we lose that that guilt that we have you know, racked up throughout throughout life, and we become again like children, pure and, and innocent. That's what he's he's talking about there. Um, so I think that's one line of, of argument as, as we think about whether children are inherently sinful or not. Well, let me, let me play the other side then, because mm-hmm. they're going to turn to a place, folks that believe this would turn to Psalms 51, 5. 
I love that song. Do you? You want to read it? Yeah. How far you want me to go? Uh, 51.5. Oh, just 51.5? <laughs> yeah, you can, oh. read, you can read the whole thing. Well, can I go one through five? No. Uh, okay. You're in charge of the time. Uh, I'm a fast reader. Just do five. Okay. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So someone that that believes the original sin, that we all have sin because of Adam, they would look at that and say, look, even David says it. This is, this is proof. So what would your rebuttal be to that? You know, man, uh, go. You, you well, said you had uh, some things you wanted to I say. Just, about that. I just said one, a couple of things I'll share, and I'll let Daniel. I hope we're not using the same reference, but we use different materials here that uh, connects and support uh, our topic. And I'm reading from just a, sh- a very snip, short snippet from Apologetics Press, an article entitled "Are Children Born with the Sin?" And I really like how they laid this out here, and just a couple of sen- sentences. Uh, the author says of this article, the Bible teaches that children do not bear the sin of their parents. And they quote or use a reference, Exodus 32, 32 through 33, Deuteronomy 24, 16, and Je- Jeremiah 31, 30, Ezekiel 18, 20, and some other uh, references. And it says, however, and it uses a denomination, uh, they're quick to point out that David declared, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and sin and in sin my mother conceived me that's what i just read but they just go on to say this and i'll conclude this point to understand this passage we must keep in mind that the subject of psalm 51 is david's sin not original sin and then they say consider the nouns and possesses that noun that david uses are used to indicate that the sin which he was talking about was the sin he committed because he says in verse one blot out what my transgression yeah, and verse 2 says, my sin. Verse 3, my transgression, my sin. Mm-hmm. Over I and have over. sinned it over and over. Yeah. I think what's going on here is is hyperbole. The, the whole uh, attitude behind Psalm 51 is David is, is contrite. He's overwhelmed by his uh, sinfulness with, with the mistakes that he has made, and he he just he feels so incredibly sinful and and wants to be washed wants to be cleansed wants the the joy of of God's salvation restored to him all those sorts of things and so as as he is is stating and perhaps overstating his own sinfulness that's that's the place that this is coming from this idea that um you know I'm just so sinful of I've, I've it's like my whole life is, has been sinful, and this is this is poetry. Right? Even Hebrew poetry, even biblical inspired poetry, still is poetry and is uh, susceptible to the um, the nuances of of how poetic license is, is used with language. And so we don't want to read that exactly the same way as we would be reading um, you know, some sort of statement of, of law or, or something like that. He's, he's more expressing his, his feelings, if you will, right here. Okay, I got one more then. Okay. <clears throat> because if I'm trying to defend the original sin, I'm going to point you to Romans 5. At verse 
Alan, would you like to read this too? <laughs> sure, I would love to. Romans five. You just tell me, Joe. Romans five. Romans five twelve. I'm here for you. Uh, and you can go ahead and read thirteen, twelve, and thirteen. Okay. Romans chapter five verses twelve and thirteen says this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. And verse thirteen coming up. For until the law. Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. All right, so there, yes, sin entered the world through one man. And ever since that time, everybody has followed in his footsteps. Even at the beginning of, at the end of that verse, verse 12, it said, because all sinned. So death spread to all men because all sinned, not because all have inherited the sin of Adam. But and I want you to keep rolling. Yeah. I, I I take a very elementary approach sometimes to my study because I'm I try to be basic and I need to be basic. But I really like the subheading in, in my Bible above verse twelve. For me, it just really connects. It says death in Adam, life in Christ. Absolutely. And yeah. for me, that that's that really drives home the point for me. Yeah, everything did absolutely change after that. But, you know, Romans, back the page before in your Bible, probably chapter 3, verse 23, says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So regardless of Adam's situation, we all have sinned ourselves. Our, our big problem is is our sin. Our big problem isn't Adam's sin. God, uh, God's judgment is correct. God's judgment is correct. And yes, death came into into the world through Adam's sin and Eve's sin. Um, and, and again, everything did change, but we're not held guilty uh, for that. And one, one passage that has to come up in this conversation is back in Ezekiel chapter 18. In Ezekiel chapter 18, uh, several places, verse 4, for example, says, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins will die. But then even more powerful, uh, you can go over to verse 20. The person who sins will die. The Son will not bear the punishment for the Father's iniquity, nor will the Father bear the punishment for the Son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Now, that's fairly clear and and straightforward that uh, while sometimes we may bear some some earthly consequences of our our parents' uh, sins, we don't bear the guilt of those sins. Uh, We have our righteousness, they have their righteousness. we We don't get to be counted righteous just because our parents were. And and vice versa, we're not inherently wicked just because our parents were. And as I listen, you talk, so I don't I don't want you to stop. I want you to keep going. But you know, I like to pull pull way up just for a second. A lot of people we've talked way too much about me being a certified bus driver. A lot of people don't know. Glad to hear you admit that. Yes, uh, that's the first steps. What I've heard. Yeah, you got to accept it. I'm owning it. I'm trying to own it. Uh, but well, that's not, why you're able to school us so much. That's right. It's because uh, I'm well just. <laughs> It's all, you just get everybody on the right seat, mm-hmm. in the right seat. So, so that was my yeah. counter. Uh, but, Daniel, a lot of people don't know that you are a certified pilot. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, we we can really get around in here. Get yeah, that. You, did you get that, Joe? Did they you don't that? let me drive much. Um, did you, you missed my dad joke. 
I said, we can get it, really get around in here. I can drive you. He can fly you. Yeah, legally. that's right. I heard you. And so my point in that rabbit, chasing that rabbit is, I like for us to, as a pilot would, pull way up just for a second. Or I guess, is that the right term? Sure. Okay, pull way up. We're not in a helicopter. Um, but I'm thankful, not only in Scripture, but also from a secular standpoint, that my children um, – will not, uh, they're not being punished, hopefully, or held accountable. You know, my kids are out of high school now mm-hmm. or out of school. But by teachers and by anybody that maybe where I had made mistakes, they're not holding them hostage, so to speak. And, uh, you know, but unfortunately in society, you know, if you hear a certain last name in small communities, you automatically get identified with that. So that's, you know, for me, that just further proves how truthful Scripture is and how liberating uh, that we can, how liber, liberating scripture is, and how we can enjoy a life of freedom if we're Christians and we're not bound by, you know, we stand on our own. Uh, so I'm thankful for that. And, you know, just as, you know, in scripture that we, uh, you know, we're not, you know, being punished or are we being elevated by something that maybe our, our parents did or didn't do or vice versa? You know, I've got, you know, we all got kids, so I don't want my kids to be punished by the mistakes I've made. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that is <clears throat> of practical importance that's related to this doctrine of original sin is this this total depravity, this idea that because of Adam's sin and us carrying on the, the guilt of that, that it's it's really impossible for us to to be righteous. Um, that that we really we we just have a sinful nature. We're gonna be sinful, which we we are all going to stumble. I mean, I, I don't object to that idea, but I object to the idea that it, it's really impossible for us to to choose uh, righteousness, because you know where where that comes from is this Calvinistic desire to elevate the sovereignty of God. Everything is 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 God, and we are nothing. And I appreciate where that desire is is coming from. But what that where that leads to is the idea that we can't play any role at all in our salvation. That our salvation is completely one hundred percent from God, and that we we play no part in it whatsoever. And that's an overreaction to a a works based law based type of of salvation where uh, the idea that we're we're earning our salvation because of the the merit of our our works and and how great our righteousness is they've overreacted uh, to that um <clears throat> you know the idea you know uh, god says in uh 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 no uh, temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide the way of escape, so that you also will be able to endure it. So God's not going to allow us in His sovereignty to be put in a situation where it would be impossible for us not to sin, that there is a way of uh, escape. There is the chance for us to choose uh, right uh, each time. Uh, and I know we don't have the time in this episode to uh, thoroughly debunk all the, the major attributes of, of Calvinism, but I did want to uh, mention that. Maybe we should do some more aspects of Maybe it. Maybe we should. I like uh, – go ahead, Jeff. You mean to go ahead? Yeah, you go ahead. Well, you seem like you're on a roll. 
Okay, I'll go with uh, <laughs> Just real quick. Uh, back to your beginning, Daniel, when mm-hmm. you talked about when I was leading you all in, trying to pull you in about having Lilo, about having kids, you talked about you felt a sense of responsibility. Yeah. And so for us, for me, I go back to the liberating part where Christ has liberated us. We get to have an investment, a deposit of our um, – and our salvation in terms of our obedience is mm-hmm. what I mean, and our growth, all of those things. And I don't have to rely on, you know, my in-laws or, you know, my father-in-law's minister. You know, it's I don't have to depend on his efforts. Well, I, I can go grow, you know. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was going. But, yeah, good job. Um, so if we all inherited sin through Adam, we've got a major problem because – Jesus is in that lineage somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like Alan was saying, Jesus lived a perfect life. There's several scriptures that say he didn't sin. Right. And so there's a major problem if we all sinned, but Jesus didn't. Something's something mesh in there, man. And some groups even maintain that Mary was without sin. So you have the same problem there. Yeah. You can look up, uh, let's see here, Hebrews 4. It says we have a high priest who is tempted in every point like we are, yet without sin. In 2 Corinthians, it says he who knew no sin was counted as sin in order that we might become the righteousness of God. There's several others. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't have sin, and because of that, he was the perfect sacrifice right. for us because the rest of us do. Right. Um, but I did want to bring up, there was an article that we shared <clears throat> trying to explain, mm-hmm. and it's some theological acrobats acrobatics that we've uh, seen here. One of them... That's a good way to put it. Uh, it says, well, there's no contradiction with everybody having sin except Jesus because you inherit the sin through the Father's line. And since he didn't have necessarily a biological human father, mm-hmm. he didn't inherit that sin. That was one thing that they came up with. And I thought, oh, I don't know about that. Another one was um, sin, the sin, it's a sin nature. It's mm-hmm. not sin, it's a sin nature, meaning um, it's a tendency towards sin, not sin in and of itself. Yeah. That avoids Jesus being a sinner. So that, that's probably the least objectionable yeah. of, of the explanations. And there were some others. We're running out of time. I don't want to spend much time on this, but this was an Answers right. in Genesis article, mm-hmm. which those guys do some good work. Absolutely. But they're not always um, doctrinally sound, I guess. It challenge, right. challenges you to filter. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And you, you got to, in any kind of theological material, you got to be able to, to spit out the bones. You know, you, you, you eat the meat, you eat the, 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 the good things. <laughs> <laughs> that, that expression wasn't one that Alan was familiar with. Yeah, me either. Uh, okay, so yeah, that idea is you're able to uh, yeah, eat the meat off the flesh, but you don't swallow the bones. You, you spit uh, those out. I love KFC. That's all I can think about when okay. you're talking about for a second. I don't want to swallow those chicken You bones. do not want to do that, or, or fish bones, or any other kind of thing. I, was I five. already know what the point you were making. I was focused on the spitting out bones. Okay. So <laughs> try again. <laughs> the point is, uh, dear listener, any time you're reading theological material, uh, weigh it against the Bible, and you know, you're able to, to pull out 
useful things, good things, but don't wholly swallow what any man has has written, because any man is subject to uh, to fallacy. Uh, so it doesn't mean that there's nothing worthwhile that you can get out of something that you don't 100% agree with, uh, but just practice uh, practice uh, discernment as you as you glean the the best you can from uh, from the t- tools and resources that are that are out there. Well, that's pretty much our time. Um, Alan, if you have another, we've got two minutes. If you have another point, we can make that. Otherwise, we can wrap it up, guys. Uh, the only point out I would make is to continue on the article that you, we've referenced some is I really like um, how the folks over at Apologetics Press, uh, they just talked about this one statement. They said about David, back to him. Consider also that the psalmist made these pleas for forgiveness as an adult. He un, he used present tense verbs to plead for forgiveness. Have mercy upon me. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly. Cleanse me from sin. I acknowledge my transgressions. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me. Make me hear joy and gladness. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. So, you know, for me, that's all about choice. You know, that's a choice that David made. It's a choice that we make to sin. Uh, And we are in a fallen world, and we just need to remember that we need to uh, walk with Christ and not walk with the the flesh of the world. Absolutely. And just for uh, clarity's sake, those uh, verses that, uh, you were referencing all were from Psalm 51, again, linking back to our, our previous discussion there. Um, <clears throat> so thank you, uh, Joe and Alan, for um, all that you contribute to uh, to this and making a Soul Training what it is. We want to thank the elders at the uh, South Grand Street Church of Christ for making Soul Training possible. Um, and on behalf of Joe and Alan, I am uh, Daniel, and we want to thank you, dear listener, for letting us be a a part of your theological uh, journey. We want to hear from you. What questions do you have? Um, And until next time, keep soul training. Soul training. Time to practice what you preach. Yes, we do. We've got soul training. To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to us, P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's Soul Training.